Fantastic. Well, we are in week two of our series, Sour. Sour. Have you ever been sa- felt sour towards people before? You ever been sour? Or maybe, maybe people have been sour at you. You ever been like that before? Like, wow, why are you so sour? Hey, hey, calm the farm. Calm the farm. That's a new word for me because my sister yesterday had a surprise 50th birthday. And my other sister, who's a year older than me, she was organizing it. And it's kind of like, and actually what I saw in her reminds me of, of people who organize a wedding, and they get so stressed and everything, and my sister's ringing me up, my other, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, calm the farm, take it easy, it's going to be okay, you know. She's only celebrating 50 years, you know, I know, it's a milestone. But uh, it was, we had an amazing time, we, it was a celebration, my, my sister had no idea, her name is Leilani, which means heavenly flower, heavenly flower. So we celebrated her 50th uh, anniversary of being born. Um, you, you can say a birthday, uh, 50th anniversary of, of being born, her birthday. Yesterday it was great in Auckland, so we had a great time celebrating her birthday. She was telling me about, um, she heard, had a phone call from a friend on Monday, um, that just Monday just gone, and, and she was in Australia because that's where she lives, and she just, her kids flew over here. And she was saying, I got this phone call in Australia, and it was a cool phone call from Leah, and Leah's her friend who lives in Australia, and she goes, and Leah says, you know, Lani, I um, got this real disturbing um, news about you. There's some, some untruths that have been spoken about you, and it, it is really disturbing to me. And, I was going, and, she, and Lani goes, really? What, what, could you tell me what is it? What happened? He goes, well, you see, Tracy, Tracy called me up, and Tracy's crying on the phone. And, and I'm like, Tracy, what's wrong? I'm like, oh, I've just heard, and it's, oh, my heart is broken. And I go, what is it? It's, oh, I just heard of Lani's passing. And Leo's like, I'm pretty sure Lani's alive. I was speaking to her just uh, yesterday, so I haven't heard anything. And if anybody should know, I should know. And then anyway, my sister rings up Tracy. And, and so she says to Tracy, rings her up, and she says, hello, Tracy. Tracy goes, hello. And she goes, boo, it's me, I'm alive. And anyway, Tracy starts crying. And she goes, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry, Lani. I heard this news broke my heart. And Lani goes, it's okay, it's okay. I'm okay, I'm alive, I'm alive. And anyway, what had happened is that Tracy had heard from Lucy who Lucy had heard from Melody, that Melody, uh, who was back in New Zealand, and Melody had uh, told Lucy about that Lani had died. But it was another Lani that she was talking about. But for Lucy, she only knew one Lani, which was my sister. And so the news traveled from New Zealand all the way to Australia, and news was spreading that Lani, my sister, had died, had passed to be with the Lord, which was shocking to my sister, considering she was about to celebrate her 50th birthday, and everybody's already mourning her death. So uh, death at 50, and uh, so she is well alive. But, and the point of the story is this, is that um, be careful what you listen to. Be careful of the fake news that is out there. Be careful of the gossip that is out there. It's so easy for us to get offended of something that's really not true. And when it comes to offense, and if you're able to, you can really put, you can put offense into two baskets, okay? Uh, and so in basket number one, people in basket number one who have been offended, these are the people that have been genuinely being mistreated. They're genuinely being mistreated. They're in basket number one. Basket number two are people who think they're being mistreated, but they really haven't been mistreated. Okay? Basket number two. You know, have you ever been in that boat before? Where you've been, you feel like you're being mistreated because you've heard information. Because if you're in basket number two, it's because you've had, you have heard inaccurate information about somebody. And because you have heard inaccurate uh, information, you are now offended towards somebody else because of information that you heard from somebody else. 
And this is, quite, and this is kind of the offense that some of us take on. And we hear something about somebody and we go, well, how dare they do that? Now you're offended with them. But however, where did that information come from? Is it true? Where do they hear it from? And the Bible calls this gossip. And we can be offended at people and, and, and organizations or groups because you heard something from somebody, but you haven't heard it from the horse's mouth. Now, it's interesting, uh, in the book of Proverbs, uh, God begins to list six things that are truly evil in his sight, that he truly hates. And so Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16, there are six evils God truly hates. And you go, whoa, what does he truly hate? That'll be really, really good to see. But, then, but God, it's interesting, then he goes, and a seventh that is an abomination to him. A seventh that is abomination to him. He goes, wow, six things that are truly evil, that God truly hates. The seventh one must be really bad, whatever this is. And many of us, we have all these kind of um, these biases of what we think God is a murder, must be murder. That's got to be number one. That's what it is. But it's really interesting. Do you know what it is? And we'll get straight to it, verse 19. It's this stirring up strife between friends is the abomination to God. That is number seven on the list. Stirring up strife between friends is the abomination to God. Not murder. Actually, murder's in that list. But, it's, but the abomination is stirring up strife between friends. Gossip. Gossip is an abomination to God. Abomination to God. The, the rest is, is evil that he hates, but this one is an abomination. It's really interesting because we all have, we have these kind of categories of what sin is. We have a list of this is the real bad and this is, and we kind of make judgment calls on people. So, oh, look at those sinners over there. But you know what a lot of people struggle with? Is this area right here, gossip. And, f- and if, if normally for, for a lot of believers, they're like, you know what, I'm not like that sinner over there. You know, oh yeah, okay, you know, I, I, I've, I've got, I do have issues with gossip, but it's just a weakness. It's just a weakness that I'm dealing with. But not like that sinner over there, but, but and we kind of like, all of a sudden, we put gossip into this little thing. It's not that bad. It's not as bad as murder. That's really bad. Look at those sinners over there. But I'm just, mine is just the weakness I have. I'm just dealing with some weaknesses right now. But let me tell you something. Gossip is abomination to God. It is an abomination. Stirring up strife between friends is an abomination. You, you, need, to, you need to guard your heart. So your heart isn't, isn't, isn't garbage bins for someone to spew all over you. Your ears aren't there for you to, to hear somebody complain about something and, and, and fill, you, fill you with offense. Guard your heart. If you hear somebody talking about somebody, uh, somebody uh, one of your friends, you need to cut them off. If you hear somebody talking about, um, about your spouse, about your husband, about your wife, you need to cut them off. If you hear somebody talking about your children, you need to cut them off. If you hear them talking about one of your leaders, you need to cut them off. If you hear them talking about your pastor, you definitely need to cut them off. <laughs> the thing is, come on, if they're not in the room, you need to cut them off. Well, look, I know there might be an issue here, but let's not talk about that because they're not here to, def- to defend themselves or, hear the, or we need to hear the truth. You, I know you've got an issue. Here's a tissue for your issue. Okay, so uh, go deal with that when you see them. But we really do need to guard our hearts, really. Because, you know, because this, is, this is how we end up in, this, in, 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 in box number two, okay, where, where people are offended, but you're, you're truly, you haven't, you're not really offended, okay, because you've heard inaccurate information that you now believe is true. Now you're offended. Uh, and so that's actually based upon gossip. You've got to be very careful. Guard your heart. Guard your heart against gossip. But, but today's message, I don't want to talk about, talk about basket number two. I want to talk about basket number one. 
when you have been genuinely being mistreated, okay? So, so which means you've heard it from the horse's mouth. The horse has spoken to you, okay, and has spoken to you. Um, and this is what I'm talking about. So let me ask you this question. If you have been genuinely being mistreated, do you have the right to be offended? <laughs> do you have the right? So my wife said yes, and I was going, I was going what did I do? No, I <laughs> do you have the right to be? Do you have the right to be offended? Look, can I just say something? You have the right to do anything. You have the right. God has given you free will. Whatever you choose, God will not violate your right to choose. He will not violate the right, your right to choose. You, you can choose to go to hell, and God will not violate your, your, your right to go to hell. But let me tell you something. That's not the place you want to go. So you have the right to choose to be offended. You have the right to. But we're going to be taking a look at, 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 the, at explore the answers to that question, because it is a difficult question. If you've been genuinely being mistreated, do you have the right to be offended? And we're going to be looking um, at the answers to this or how somebody has, has dealt with this very statement through the life of Joseph, the life of Joseph. And for many people in this room, you already understand, or, oh, okay, I know where this is going because you know the outcome. But for those of us in this room who may be new to Christianity or, or, or maybe you're in church, you don't normally come to church, in the Bible, there's actually two Josephs, okay? There's one Joseph who's a carpenter who was a stepfather of Jesus, okay? That's not the Joseph we're talking about. We're talking about another Joseph who's in the Old Testament. I thought I'd make that clear because some people can be confused because uh, we, we assume everybody knows. They go, oh, yes, yes, I know that Joseph. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's uh, Jesus' dad. He's a carpenter, and he's got a colorful coat, and he's got many brothers. Yeah, and, uh, and we kind of combine them because we, we, you know. So um, there are two different Josephs, and Joseph I want to talk about is this Joseph in the Old Testament. And for many of you in this room, you're, you are already familiar with the story. But you know what? And the thing is, you know the outcome of the story. So what I want you to do is put yourselves in Joseph's shoes who does not know the outcome. And we're going to be looking through the eyes of, jo of Joseph who does not, does not know the outcome of the story. So when we look at the life of Joseph in the Old Testament, in the Bible, what we, we know that his father is Jacob. Jacob, who, who is the son of Isaac, who was the son of Abraham. Okay, and so Abraham, God uh, made a covenant with Abraham. So God himself makes a covenant with Abraham, and then he makes a covenant with his son Isaac, then Jacob. Now you've been born under this covenant. Now you're, 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 you're inheriting this amazing covenant of God. And this is who Joseph, he's one of the, the uh, he's the 11th son of Jacob. Jacob had 12, has 12 sons. He's the 11th son. You know, anybody like to have 12 sons? Love 12 sons would be great. You know, you have your own rugby team, you're almost there. Seven team anyway. Um, and so uh, he's the 11th son. Now, there's an issue here because he's actually, um, his brothers don't like Joseph very much. And the reason why they don't like Joseph very much is because Joseph is daddy's favorite. Anybody a favorite child? Anybody a favorite child? Yeah. yeah like, you know, uh, well, we don't have favorites in our family. No, but when you talk to your kids, they will often, no, he's the favorite. Because, you know, quite often people look at the youngest as the favorite. And, and my, my kids say, oh, you know, Te Pare is the favorite. No, no, he's are all our favorite. It's just that by the time we got to, to Te Pare, we worked out how to be parents. So sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, just, it was a joke. Um, don't judge me. Okay. So, uh, and so he, he was daddy's favorite. In fact, Joseph gets made this amazing colorful coat. All the other boys, they're like, he gets the coat? 
We're the ones doing the mahi out in the field. He's in the side playing PlayStation. And he gets the coat? Well, what's up with that? Joseph has this dream. God gives Joseph, begins to give a call of, um, of God on his life through a dream. And Joseph has this dream. And in his dream, his brothers are bowing down to him. So what, and so and the, the call of God on Joseph's life is that he will lead his brothers. And he's so enthusiastic about this dream. So he goes to his brothers. He's so enthusiastic. He shares his dreams to his brothers. His brothers aren't as enthusiastic as he is, right? And they're like, and, they, and all of a sudden, they hate him even more. How dare you? Joseph has another dream. Now his mom and dad are bowing down to him. He tells his brothers, and they'll think, right, we'll get this dreamer. So one day his brothers are out working out in the, in the field, and Joseph goes to take them some supplies. They see Joseph coming in the distance, right? They, and how they see him, they see his, his technicolor coat shining away, and, and, he, and it's got theme music attached to it, and he's walking, cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. And they, come, and they look at him, and they say, look, here comes that dreamer. Now look, there's our leader coming. Right? And last week we spoke about offenses and we talked about it has a process. When you're offended with, with, with somebody, there's a process. It goes from offense to betrayal to hatred. And so when the, when the brothers see Joseph, this is what they say to themselves Here comes their leader. Let's kill him. Let's kill him. Let's throw him down into this pit where he will die. Okay, there's betrayal and there's hatred. Where he will die. You know what pit stands for? It stands for preacher and training. Just for just for, for you to know. Preacher and training. They throw him into this pit. They take his coat off him, throw him in this pit, and then one of the brothers see these slave traders coming past. He goes, Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's sell him to the slave traders. At least we get some money from this. He's good as dead anyway. He's gonna be sold as a slave in a foreign country. We'll never see him again. Let's tear up his coat, put some goat's blood on it, we'll tell dad that he died by some wild beast. You know, and we've got rid of this dreamer. Right? Then off he goes. He gets sold into slavery into Egypt. And, he, and, he, and his master is a, a man by the name of Potiphar, who was an officer in Pharaoh's court. And for 10 years, he's a slave under Potiphar, a slave. And, and all of a sudden, God begins to bless him, even as a slave. Pharaoh puts him in charge of his whole household. And the thing seems to be looking up. He's maybe a slave. Things seem to be looking up for him, but there's, there's, there's trouble brewing. If you're looking for a title of this message, it's called Trouble. Turn the person next to you and say, Trouble. Trouble is coming. Trouble is coming. And, and what the trouble is, it's Potiphar's wife. Potiphar's wife has the hots for Joseph. And so every single day, Potiphar's wife is like, Joey, woohoo. Joey. And Joseph's like, I'm not having any of this. I'm not going to dishonor God, and I'm not going to dishonor Potiphar. And every day he said, I'm not having any of this. I'm honoring God, and I'm honoring Potiphar. you got to understand something. Joseph gets a call of God on his life, right? And what happens after he shares the call of God on his life? He's betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery, and for 10 years he has not seen one ounce of God's blessing on his life. And yet he still honors God. How many of us, how many of us, you know, we like, we take a step out for God. And, but, and all of a sudden, have you ever noticed that every time you take a step out for God, trouble comes? Trouble comes? And sometimes it's trouble after trouble after trouble after trouble. And you're thinking to yourself, I thought, God, you know, I thought the blessings are coming. I don't see any blessings. But yet after 10 years, 
Joseph still honors God. One day when he's home alone with Potiphar's wife, Potiphar's wife grabs Joseph's robe to pull him towards him. And Joseph does what the Bible tells us to do when we're in that situation. When sexual immorality comes, the Bible tells us to flee. And Joseph flees. He's out of there. Naked, because she's holding onto the robe. Now she's left, woman scorned, she yells, rape. Joseph gets thrown into Pharaoh's dungeons as a rapist. See, you know what? He could have been put to death, but putting, putting a, a, a rapist to death is too easy. So we're going to kill you slowly in the dungeons. And when we think of dungeons, we think of our prison systems. You got to understand, our prison systems are like a country club compared to the to the dungeons of Pharaoh, these were dark places. Quite often, the, the, um, the, the roofs were only four feet tall, so they were always hunched over. The, and Psalms tells us that Joseph was shackled with his, his legs and his hands and his neck, and he was hurt every day. And, and, and it was a place where, he, where you died. Can you imagine what Joseph is thinking? And he's in prison for, 12, for two years. So now it's 12 years all up chained. The more, you imagine Joseph, the more I obey God, the more trouble comes. The more I pray, the more, the, the more I follow God, trouble comes. Trouble after trouble after trouble after trouble. You, have you ever been, have you been there before? Have you been, the more that you've obeyed God, the more trouble comes. And it seems to come like a flood. Let me ask you something. How long will it take before you give up? Twelve years. He's in the dungeons. He hasn't seen one ounce of God's blessing on his life. In fact, Joseph's brothers tried to kill the call of God over his life. They tried to kill the call of God over his life. And we read that in the book of Genesis, in verse, chapter 37, verse 20. And this is what his brothers say. They say this, Come therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit. And we shall say, some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. They tried to kill his dreams. They tried to kill God's call over his life. Let me tell you something. Nobody can kill the call of God over your life. Nobody can. No man, no woman, no child, no devil can kill the call of God over your life. No one can. However, only one person can. You know who that is? Everybody points to yourself. It is you. You are the only one who can kill the call of God over your life. And you do that through offense. Remember what, offense, what, what offenses does? If you continue to have offenses in your life, it builds a fence around your heart. And it stops you from stepping into your purpose. Your offense will stop you from stepping into your purpose because you've been offended. You know, it's interesting when you read when you read the life of, of, of Joseph, not once did he get offended. Not once did he complain. Did you know that God hates complaining? Has anybody complained before? You ever complain about other people? And we say stuff like, you know, if, can you imagine Joseph? Could, you know, he could have been sitting in prison, like chained up. He would think, you know what, maybe if I didn't share my dream. Maybe if I didn't share my dreams, my brothers wouldn't have betrayed me. Maybe, maybe if I didn't have my brothers, I wouldn't be in this position. Maybe if I, if I slept with Potiphar's wife, I wouldn't be in these dungeons right now. Maybe if, 
And I hear this all the time from people. You know, if, if my wife treated me better, then our life would be much better. If my husband treated me better, you know what, if I was raised better, maybe if, the, if, you know, if, if that church treated me better, you know, if the pastor recognized the gift on my life, then my life would be much better. And we get into these ifs and, uh, and we start complaining. You know what complaining says to God? Complaining says to God that, that, that God, you are incompetent to, um, to have vision over my life. God, if I was you, I'll do this differently. I wouldn't have all these troubles in my life. God, you don't know what you're doing. We're saying to God that God had no idea what was coming. You know, it's, can you imagine, you know, God gives Joseph this dream. So Joseph, you know, one day you'll lead your brothers. Then all of a sudden, the brothers put them in a pit. And, you know, God doesn't go, oh, myself. Because he's God. He says, oh, myself. Oh, myself. I didn't see that coming. I, I, you know, he was meant to lead his brothers. Now his brothers have sold him to slavery. I did not see that coming. Oh, myself. How did that happen? God, God was not surprised. He was not surprised. <laughs> you know, when George lost his job, God was, oh, I didn't see that. I didn't realize George was going to lose. Jesus, are there any other jobs down there for George? Holy Spirit, come on, we need to do a holy huddle. Oh, my gosh, what's going on? You know, Brian was meant to marry Sally, but Susan gossiped to Sally about Brian. Now there's no marriage. Oh, no, he's 41. Is anybody else out there eligible for Brian? What are we going to do? We had no idea. God knew exactly what's going on. He knew exactly what was going to happen to Joseph. Even before Joseph was born, God knows the, the end from the beginning. God is not surprised. Which gives us great comfort. When you go through your hardest trials, God is not surprised. Because God is up to something. Let me ask something. Do you trust God? Do you trust God during your trial? Do you trust Him? Because quite often... Your greatest challenge will come just before you break through. Your greatest challenge will always come just before your breakthrough. What will it take for you to give up? Because, you know, I've been a Christian now for a long time. <laughs> it breaks my heart to see people walk away. Because of challenges they come. And they walk away just before their breakthrough. How many people do you know who have walked away? Stuff, church. Stuff all this. How could God do this to me? I thought God was meant to bless me. Do you have the right to be offended if someone genuinely mistreats you? Can you imagine what is going through Joseph's mind sitting in that prison? You know, it's really interesting. When we read Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, Apostle Paul writes this. So let us not get tired of doing what is good. Is anybody tired? It's very easy to get tired when you're trying to do good, and all you see is persecution after persecution, trouble after trouble after trouble. God, I'm trying my best. The more I try to honor you, trouble comes. So let us not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. You know what, what, what we like when we have popcorn? 
I want my popcorn to be ready in three minutes and 30 seconds. I'm going to put it in the microwave, and in three minutes and 30 seconds, I'm going to have popcorn just right. And many of us, our faith, we treat it like popcorn. We have popcorn faith. I want it right now. I want the breakthrough right now. And we treat God like we treat popcorn. If I'm not going to get this right now, well, then forget this. I'm going to go somewhere else where I can get popcorn when I want it. So let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing. What does it say? If we don't give up. If. There's an if there. Well, if my life was, was like this, it would be far much better now. Well, if, you know, if, if they never treated me like that, I'll be so much better now. But if we don't give up, what would it take for you to give up? Because your greatest challenge will come just before you break through. If we don't give up. And God will save Joseph's greatest test to the end when he's in chains in the dungeons God brings two men to him to minister to a butler and a baker these guys want ministry but Joseph could have been like many people in church were like man you've, you know, you've got problems I've got problems you've got trouble I've got trouble you want some answers to your solution? Here's a Bible. Here, you read it. Find it yourself. Pray. Go pray to God. Ask God. Don't come to me with your issues. I've got issues. Joseph could have been like that, like many, many people in church. But what happens? Joseph ministers to the butler and to the baker. God restores the butler and the baker gets his head chopped off. Sometimes later, Pharaoh has this recurring dream. But the butler remembers this, this Jewish boy in prison, the dungeons. He goes, whoa, 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 God. Pharaoh, you've got this dream that's troubling you? There's this Jewish boy who, I, I met him in prison. Remember when you put me in there? Well, he walks with God. He, if anybody can interpret your dream, this boy can. So what's Pharaoh do? Get him out of jail. Get some clean up before him. Joseph interprets the dream. So what God can interpret the dream. Actually, he gives all the glory to God. Because here's the thing. That was his greatest test. While he was still in prison, can Joseph still praise God? Even when for the last 12 years, he hasn't seen one ounce of God's blessing upon his life. He's seen trouble after trouble of trouble. He was betrayed by his brothers, sold as a slave, accused of rape, and now he rots in a dungeon. Not once in those 12 years has he seen the blessings of God. His greatest test is, can he still praise God when he hasn't seen any blessing? Let me ask you something. Can you still praise God when you haven't seen any blessing in your life? Or is your faith a popcorn faith? Three minutes, 30 seconds. That's how long it takes to make popcorn in my microwave at home. I know that. But I don't want popcorn faith. So let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. See, you got to understand something. If Joseph was offended in their prison, because he had the right to, to choose to be offended, 
He would never have ministered to these guys and he, he would have lost his ticket out of those dungeons. He would have died in those dungeons. You know, they took everything from Joseph. They took his birthright. They took his blessing. They took his freedom. But there's one thing they could not take from him, and that was, that was to respond correctly. And that was to choose not to be offended. And he chose not to be offended. He ministered to those boys. And he finds himself walking into the purpose of God. You know, God has a call on your life. Nobody can take that from you. Only you can. And it's your offense, your offense that will stop you from walking into your purpose. Imagine this. Imagine he somehow got out of that prison. Because can you imagine if he was offended? He would have been thinking, if I get out of this prison, this dungeon, I'm going to kill those boys. I'm going to kill them for what they did to me. And I know, I know there are people in this room thinking the same thing. Man, if I, I'm going to, for what those guys did to me, I'm going to tell them, I'm going to tell them in their face that you guys are, and use colorful language. How dare you say that to me? How dare you, how dare you betray me? How dare you say that about my children? How dare you say that about my family? How dare you? I hate you. Joseph had an opportunity to feel that way, but he, did, he chose not to. But imagine if he did. Imagine he, 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 now, he's, now he's second in command. Pharaoh puts him in charge, second in command. And because of, God, of his leadership, he, he led Egypt during a difficult time into prosperity. And there's famine in all the other lands and, and people coming to Egypt for help. And who comes in to Egypt? In comes his brothers. They come and they bow before him, not recognizing who he was. If Joseph had held that offense in his heart, he would have killed his brothers because he, right, he had the power to. If he had killed his brothers, he would have killed 10 tribes of Israel, including Judah, who David and Jesus ultimately came through. And he would never have stepped into his purpose. But he never allowed his offense to determine his future. What you do with your offense will determine your future. There's people in this room, you've been offended. You have been genuinely being mistreated. Let me ask you this question. Do you have the right to be offended? And the answer is simple. It's your choice. Your choice. Step into purpose or build a fence around your heart. So let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Let us pray. Father God, we come before you this morning. Hearing messages like this, Lord, it's heavy. I could complain to you about what these people have done to me, but you already know. So, Lord, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to praise you in the pit. I'm going to praise you when people talk about me behind my back. I'm going to praise you when I feel like I'm in a dungeon. I'm going to praise you because I know that you are up to something. So, Father, right here, right now, we release the offenses that people have done against us. Lord, 
today I choose to step into your purpose. And even when I haven't seen an ounce of your blessing in my life, I trust that you know what you're doing. And you're building something within me that is stronger than what I thought that I can handle. Thank you, Lord, for the fire that you've taken me through so that one day I will not bend, but I will bow my knee to you. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.